0: I leave Sisyphus at the foot of the mountain. One always finds one's burden again. But Sisyphus teaches the higher fidelity that negates the god and raises rocks. He too concludes that all is well. This universe henceforth without a master seems to him neither sterile nor futile. Each atom of that stone, each mineral flake of that night-filled mountain in itself forms a world. The struggle itself towards the heights is enough to fill a man's heart one must imagine Sisyphus happy.
1: Welcome to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast where we dig you out of your backlog before it burrs you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the Thanatosa and Megara to my Zagreus. Well, that leaves all kinds of questions. It's Jared. I'm Matt. And today we are doing a mini log, our first of hopefully many. So now I'm sure our listeners are wondering what the fuck is a mini log? Of course, the biggest stories we're
0: doing here, like Kingdom Hearts, which we just finished, those are huge projects that go through weeks and weeks. And we figured well, there's other stuff we want to talk about, too.
1: Yeah, I always like playing other games in between the big projects that I'm working on as sort of palate cleansers, especially if those games actually pair well with the big project that I'm working on. And hopefully uh, the games that we select for our mini logs for the for this first project that we're doing with Kingdom Hearts, will be suitable side dishes for the main courses.
2: It's good for not only us, but the audience as well, for us to take a break from doing one thing all the time. So hopefully this will Mm -hmm. be a good change of pace. Yep. And if not, you only have to listen for
1: one episode. (laughs) Healthy engagement with media requires us to engage with more than one kind of media. Yes. (laughs) Read other books, watch other shows play other games. Stop referencing <laughs> One Piece. Stop referencing One Piece. <laughs> so, uh, I think this time
2: in our first mini log, we will go to hell.
1: Yep. Yep. You first. Uh, I want to get out of there. <laughs> I want to get out. <laughs> well, everyone wants to get out. Problem is, once you're there, what can you do to get out? Pick up a really fucking cool sword. Get some wounds from the gods. Keep on going up. Slash your way through Elysium. Date everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I, sorry sorry. <laughs> yeah.
2: So if if you haven't figured it out yet uh, or if you haven't played played it yet, we are talking about Hades which is a game by Supergiant Games which is one of my favorite small uh, smaller developers. I'd say they're I guess they're not AAA, but I'd say they're A. They they make really good
1: games. They are an indie developer that makes most AAA games look like garbage in my opinion.
2: They really are. I mean, I, I've i been in love with Supergiant games since
1: Bastion. And everything they've made is gold. A lot of Supergiant games have a very distinct visual style. Um, they go for a 2D look, but it's also not like a pixel style that you might get from a lot of other indie developers. Like they have a high fidelity art style. that's like a mixture of cartoony and not cartoony. It's great.
2: And I've just come to expect... Uh, you know, user experience and game mechanics polished to an absolute mirror sheen mm-hmm. from from Supergiant Games. Yeah. Because, you know, Bastion was, in my opinion, one of the best action RPGs of, of, of its time when it came out. Mm-hmm. And Transistor was a really interesting kind of pseudo-turn-based RPG in a lot of ways that was really
1: interesting as well. And mm-hmm. Pyro was a weird take on NBA Jam
2: uh
0: yep well i came in with hades itself i was drawn in by basically online buzz about so it's really the first one of those i played though i had heard mm-hmm. of supergiant before
1: of, of all of them i would say hades is the best one that i've played by a mm-hmm. significant margin and i've played all of them i would
2: say that it's probably my favorite supergiant game and that took mm-hmm. a lot to unseat bastion
1: going by the way i grade games it had my favorite gameplay of the year 2020 And I would probably call it the best game I've played in the last decade. (laughs) Like just straight up as a game. Yeah.
2: The mechanics
0: are just brilliant. Well, they certainly put all their effort into it. I mean, Hades spent a year Possibly more. I don't read the exact time frame and early access on Steam. So mm-hmm. they were constantly iterating and working on it, even yeah. if people were testing it for them.
1: That iterative style was really beneficial to them. They were able to get a lot of feedback and they were able to incorporate a lot of elements that they didn't even have originally planned. Like phishing was something that just came out of early access feedback. But another thing that was nice about the early access period is that Supergiant did all this amazing stuff without crunching and, in fact, forcing their employees to take vacation. Yes. The reason why you should support Supergiant is not just because it makes very good games, but because they are a very good company to their employees yeah. and to their customers. Before we talk about anything else about Hades, if I want to tell you to just go play this game right now, those are my two big reasons why you should play it if you haven't played it. It's a mm-hmm. great game and it's a great company.
2: So I think with that, we should probably talk about the concept of Hades, I guess, uh, narratively, but also mechanically, because mm-hmm. one of the great things about Hades is that unlike most roguelike games, they actually found a way to work the game mechanics to actually advance the narratives rather yeah. than kind of just leaning up against the fourth wall and deciding not to keep the game mechanics out of the narrative like so sure. many do. Sure. Well, it's very, it's, it's it goes for a very simple idea. Let's
0: uh, go into roguelikes. The idea of a roguelike usually is that the game, the run is the is the whole thing. Like, you get as far as you can, and once you're what's over, that's it. You've lost. You lose your progress. You lose you lose your anything you collected in terms of items or abilities. that The game has it. And then you start over once again with a
1: new randomized run. I'd like to interject re- in real quick. I know that there's a big debate in circles that about the difference between roguelikes and roguelites. The most important distinction between that is that roguelikes are more about the permadeath and roguelites are more about the persistence between runs. But ultimately, if you care that deeply about that distinction... Play other video games.
2: (laughs) The overall conception of Hades is that we have our main character, Zagreus, who is the son of Hades and therefore the prince of the underworld. A wonderful deep cut, because Zagreus is actually an
0: obscure piece of Greek mythology.
2: Yes, he is an actual figure from Greek mythology. He
0: came from earlier writings, ones that didn't survive as well, and he ended up conflated with other gods and mystery cults, so he's very close to a blank slate, yet still has elements that you could treat with things such as rebirth, which fits it very well here. Because Zagreus, he wants out of hell, because it sucks there. I want to know what his mystery cults
1: are like. That sounds fascinating. (laughs)
0: Yeah. But at the very least, this version of Zagreus hell sucks and he'd like to leave. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't help is that his dad, three times his height,
1: just belittles him constantly. He's oh, yeah. very much an asshole. The only good thing in the underworld is Cerberus and everyone else is a dick. <laughs> good boy. Cerberus is a very good boy, pet Cerberus every time. Yes, you can pet the dog in Hades. Many people are happy to know. <laughs> I think I saw an article about how they had to do a whole amount of technical wizardry just to get petting to work to begin with. It's a tough animation with a yes. big, dog.
2: With Very big dog. I do enjoy that it is canonical that only Cerberus's left head likes pets.
1: I think that's well, part of the technical challenges is like it looked wrong to, for based on the perspective to have Zagreus pet the other heads. So it's just like we'll just say only the left head likes pets.
0: It's Cerberus. He spends all day just sitting
1: at his master's side at, on the stone floor or you can buy him a nice stocky bed with once you're unlocking stuff. Or guarding the entrance to the underworld, which is what Cerberus' job actually is. He's so good at it.
0: You can't say a single thing wrong about it, no matter how many times you can bribe him to leave.
2: So uh, Zagreus is kind of going through a rebellious phase, I suppose, as many young people do, including young gods.
1: We get a bit more of his backstory and why he's doing what he's doing as we progress through the game. We'll talk about that a bit more during the spoiler section. But we know what the start is he's reaching out to
0: the the Olympians. They appear to be
1: ready to speak to him and they send their their support, their boon. Mm -hmm. to him. Yep. Uh, The game actually opens up in a very smart way. It puts you right at the start of your first run, gives you a boon right away, teaches you the rules of the game, while it also introduces you to the premise of the game. And then probably kills you within 10 minutes. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure I died very quickly on my first run. And actually, I got super frustrated early on. It took me a while to really get to the point where I was like, oh, shit, this game's actually brilliant.
2: It's actually kind of funny because when I first started, I specifically remember Louts, which are the big uh, fat enemies in Tartarus, actually gave me a little bit of trouble.
1: And now I'm I'm at a high level. I'm just like, Louts. Yeah, like that. That's kind of my experience was uh, until I learned how to dash and actually like how good dash attack was. I was just slowly going around, hitting a button every now and then and being like, what is this game? <laughs> do not do that. Actually use dashes. They're amazing.
0: And even in like, I remember, I once listened to a commentary of two of the creators watching a speed run. They even call the louts the, the most common early run ender mm-hmm. as these
1: big fat things that just suddenly bolt into your face. So, yeah. And occasionally they're shielded. So they sometimes absorb your hits. The game will unload all of its mechanics to you entirely through the game like it teaches every single thing that you can do in the game without giving you a single tutorial and the other thing that like i really admire about it and that i'll keep coming back to is that this game if you do what the game is asking you to do will make you good at it Mm -hmm. just by playing it i've not played a video game this good at teaching you how to play it it's crazy Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't know exactly how it manages to do it that well. But something about it, it, whenever you die or whenever you get in a sticky situation or something like that, you always seem to have an idea of what you might need to change or that you might need to do something with in order to get better at it. Mm-hmm. And you, so it's it's almost never a mystery like, what killed me or what happened? And so you will always think – oh, if I did this, I could dash through this and, and or dash towards this enemy instead of away from this enemy or something like that. And you will, every, every single time, even as you get really good at the game, you learn something new when you fail. Mm-hmm. I found like a
0: bottlenecker to myself, a couple places where I got a little too stuck, but even that eventually breaks.
1: I think the thing that like made me really engage with the game, really start learning it was the fated choice system. It's essentially like achievements where it's encouraging you to check off a bunch of checklists. But in this case, just to add before
0: you continue the joke, being that the fates said a whole bunch of random small bullshit that's on this list. So
1: Mm -hmm. you definitely need to fulfill it because the fates are always right, you know? Yep. Got to make sure that the fates are right. There's a little bit of a narrative to it, but the real point of it is that we want to get the player to try every single thing in the game because... The way the game teaches you how to get good at it is encouraging experimentation. I don't remember how long it took me to actually get my Hades brain, where a (laughs) sizable portion of my brain is now just dedicated to thinking about Hades runs after playing (laughs) Hades.
2: (laughs) It's kind of funny because each of the Olympian gods has a fated choice to do basically every boon that they can Mm -hmm. offer, including legendary boons. There's uh, there's also duo boons which combine the powers of two gods and there's a faded uh, a faded or a faded quest for using all of those. Mm-hmm. There's a faded quest for using all the legendary boons. There's a faded uh, quest for using all of the different Daedalus hammer upgrades that you can yep. get for each weapon. Mm-hmm. And you have multiple weapons to pick from, mm-hmm.
0: and you unlock the weapons gradually too.
1: Yeah, the game unfolds in a very satisfying way. Everything that it gives you. The right kinds of currency to unlock stuff. The main things that it gives you are keys, gems and darkness that each interface with different parts of your home base in the underworld. Like keys unlock new things. Darkness
0: let you power up your character's main abilities, which is like one of the way progression is saved. And um, and gems let you play house in the house of Hades. Yep. Much to Hades' great consternation, especially when you're in a disco ball. But it also lets you
1: actually do significant upgrades to the underworld so that you have more stuff to do some of them are in fact
2: power upgrades too but mm-hmm. not all of them yep you upgrade your dash you can upgrade
0: your backstab damage you can upgrade getting damage for having boons and like mm-hmm. you can do, you get reroll upgrades lets you us uh, be selective with the random mm-hmm. random drop so there's also yeah we were talking about is the mirror correct Yep. The mirror of Nyx. Nyx being your big supporter and probably the, the person who sucks the least down there. I don't know
2: about that. (laughs) I actually have warmed up to all the characters in the House of Hades. Oh, yeah. Uh, And and like, I kind of like that. I mean, even Hades himself, I actually really like as a character, even though he spends most of the game being a dick. But Matt, I have to
0: ask, does that list of characters you like? Does that include Hypnos?
2: So actually, (laughs) I... I did Fuck not like. <laughs> I did I not so like Hypnos at first, uh, but actually, as I got to the late to the end of the game and the end of his arc, I actually kind of started being like, "Okay, Hypnos is experiencing a little bit of growth. It's, it's it's small, but you know you can't expect that much out of Hypnos." So <laughs> I, I will say, I, I still am happy for him, and I want him to continue on his arc. I mean, I think it's a good time probably to just talk about the characters in general.
1: I, will that start will that start getting into spoilers? Because if so, we're going to need to play the spoiler clocks on now. Is there anything we want to say before we get into spoilers?
2: One of the, the coolest things about, about Hades is the fact that even as you start getting good at it and start being able to complete runs, there is more left for you to do that actually oh, yeah. interfaces
1: with the game mechanics in a very clever way. Like, I'm going to... I'm going to just say right now, like I could go back and play Hades for another year. I played it nonstop for two weeks and I came out, out at the end. I was just like, I could keep on playing this. I need to stop playing this.
0: <laughs> the Hades. I started playing at, let's say a very low moment. I kind of was a very stressful time in my life. Not really worth going into, but it it has that really tight hold. That's the way that gets on you. you. You think about it strongly.
1: Mm-hmm. It, and <clears throat> The fact that my Hades brain is still there, even when I haven't played it in three months, is just kind of like crazy. I I go over to Matt's place and I watch him do a run and I'm just like, pick that, pick that, pick that. Now we have a broken build.
0: What was it you said? You You actually find you talk different?
1: Yes, mm-hmm. I talk completely differently when I'm watching a Hades run.
2: I think pretty much every boon that the Olympians can offer can actually be used as part of a really good build.
1: Yeah, everything is viable. It's great. Some things are more viable than others. Some things just have more, take a couple more moving parts to really get Yeah, Just to get into a few of my like little gameplay discoveries that I had, I ended up liking a lot of unconventional mirror buffs because I actually found that a lot of the support that you get along the runs for them to be really good. Like most people will really like the uh, death defiances, which are basically your extra lives in your run. I found myself preferring stubborn defiance, which gives you an infinite number of lives, but you only get one each room (laughs) and it restores you for less health. But you can get upgrades to that one ability that let you respawn with more health. So it actually ends up being better than regular death defiances in a long run, at least in my view.
0: (laughs) As long as you're as long as you can keep yourself alive more than one time per room, which for me was always iffy because usually I won't die most of the run, but then I might have two in a room and that's no good. But yeah, and basically, I guess outside spoilers, the main thing I mentioned is just how the entire build of the story loop is through the repetition and, and character yeah. conversation. So that's
2: why wow, it's built into the repeated. Run- I, I got I got to say that I've never been so excited to to die in a roguelike game because I feel like, oh, it's really cool. I get to go back to the House of Hades, see what everybody says. And they will actually be there this time. God. Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not only that, uh, we do have to mention just the sheer amount of excellent voice work that was put into this
1: game. I do not know how, like, it's crazy. It feels like every single time you go back to the Underworld, even if you've done 100 runs and everyone still has something new to say and everything is voiced. I, they, it's it's an insane they amount of a, writing.
0: They use a really cool priority system, like their priority system checks for certain events, certain flags, certain statuses of the game, like you've 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 done a run with this weapon. Or you, you fought this you fought this character this time in the last run, and from that they, the game actually selects its dialogues you're going to get it each time. They did a whole video about it, online uh-huh. and that was really fun to watch.
2: Just speaking of the voices and the and the characters, though, I do have to say that I'm not as much of a classics nerd as Jared, but I do like the classics and the and the Greek uh, mythology and stuff like that. But I do think that the depictions of the Greek gods in Hades are hands down the best depictions I've ever seen in any visual media. They're and just to, brilliant.
0: And to walk to walk officially into the spoilers, what was your original term for Zagreus map?
2: Uh didn't I say uh disaster bisexual? Yes. And with that, I think we can definitely get
0: into the characters. Okay. Uh, from uh, this from this point on, there are spoilers. Spoiler
1: alert. Warning. Spoiler alert. Warning. Spoiler alert.
0: So basically, our, as, our, Spo- as our main character, you got Zagreus. Like I said, Matt's description of him as a disaster is interestingly apt. When you first meet him, he really plays off the I'm the snarky cool guy sort. Like, I have a one-liner for everything, and I'm just too cool. Everything. <laughs> he's insufferable, <laughs> I swear. Yes, but <laughs> it's really, the funny thing is, is you can really see beneath that after a bit. Mm -hmm.
2: Zagreus is a character with no Mm self-esteem. Well, he kind of so like now that we're in spoiler territory, I kind of understand where Zagreus comes from after uh, seeing a lot of. Uh, basically his past with the House of Hades oh, yeah. because of the fact that he, he wasn't any good at doing the things his father expected of him. And because of that, Hades kind of tore him down at every opportunity.
0: Yeah. Well, Zagreus is small for a god. Like said, H- I like said, Hades towers over him two to three times his height. They describe him as not really having like an inborn power. Nothing that's like, like say how Hades is God of death or you know Zeus is God of the sky and lightning.
2: Yeah the the rumor is that he's partially mortal because I believe Persephone herself was the product of uh of a affair between Demeter and a mortal. In this
0: version, yes, that is uh, unique to the game, but that is what they describe there. But he doesn't know
1: that because he doesn't even know his mo- who his mother is originally. So I will yeah. say that like um you. A lot of this does unfold over the course of the game. You learn a lot about why Zagreus is actually trying to get out of the underworld. Like the initial impression the game gives you is that you're going up to the surface because you're going to hang out with the gods because that's what all the gods are telling you is going on. But then over time, you realize, oh, wait, no, Nix has actually told Zagreus. Uh, well, no, no. A narrator tells Zagreus. <laughs> yeah. That that his that his mom is Persephone.
0: Yeah, a narrator, it's just like in the, one of the most r- ridiculous fourth wall breaking scenes I've seen in a while. You have a <laughs> flashback to Zagreus, like looking through his dad's stuff when no one was there. And then the he is me everything. And then he finds a letter on the desk signed Persephone. And there he said a letter in his mother's own hand. And like, what? <laughs> and there is like, oh, shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the narrator accidentally lets it slip. Yeah, like it. that's the kind of level that this the story kind of operates on. It has this. The writing alternates between I don't I don't know if I would actually say it's very somber, but it's very cheeky a lot of the time. It, it goes between this very dark tone, this yeah. Hades talking about
0: like you having fl- you have these flashes that of the runs of, of a shot of Hades talking about some dark element of his realm, right? To Zagreus <laughs> and the narrator bicker- bickering.
2: Also, the narrator takes the role of the chorus in a yeah. Greek play.
1: Let's talk about all the other characters. First, let's start with the Chthonic gods, and then we'll start to go to the Olympians. Well, I guess let's talk about the House of Hades first. You had the big guy himself, Hades. I deeply started to understand and feel for Hades. <laughs> I think he was actually the one god that I was just kind of like, you're actually on the level. <laughs> <laughs> you well, know, that, that's the truth of Hades when you look through a writing. Like, you yep.
0: know, the Greeks feared him and didn't like to talk about him, but they wrote him as a professional. Hades got kind of screwed over in a game of craps with his brothers. God said, you're in charge of the underworld, but he's finds his contentment with it and he takes his damn job seriously. Oh, yeah, very and seriously. In this world, what that means is he's doing paperwork all day in front of an endless line of ghosts while everyone else is running around doing bullshit and ignoring him.
1: Or at least until the Underworld's resident shit stirrer breaks out again.
0: <laughs> like I said, no, think about it. Zagreus walks up to him, mouths off to him, uh, basically bickers with everything, and it says and openly gives his intent to go steal his realm and break everything again on his way out. His general... One of his several of his chief aides are openly helping his son do this bullshit. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) and Nix, who he wants to argue with, will is 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 openly tolerating him Mm because Nix lets him take power. But but it's clear that if she were not to, things would go
1: badly for him. So he's just and then his dog won't listen to him. Yep, (laughs) Hades life is suffering. Hades has it way worse than Zagreus.
0: Well, I don't want to go all the way there because he
1: is a pretty abusive (laughs) bastard a lot. True,
0: he is. I mean, he is very brutal to his son and you Mm -hmm. can't completely gloss over that as much as you want to play. You kind of give them the the filter of being gods, but at the same time, you don't want to completely ignore
2: it. I really do like the fact that after Persephone finally comes back, Hades really puts forth the effort to try to mend the relationship with his Mm -hmm. son. And I mean, for his part, Zagreus does actually try to do that as well.
1: It changes the tone of the final fights with Hades at the end of every run from a bitter struggle between father and son that's dramatically in the snow fields as two literal gods now just clash against each other. And it's very sad and somber. And then it becomes. Wait, the it's yeah, it's basically just the same kind of tone as father son bonding. There
0: still is bitterness. Both of them acknowledge it. They know that there's a wide gap and it's not going to bridge right away. But they're Mm -hmm. both kind of putting their hand out there to see if you reciprocated. So Mm -hmm. and I think accepting a world where no one dies permanently, dying literally just shoots you back home. And basically your whole job now is to poke at your dad's prison to see
1: how it works. Mm -hmm. You can sort of see it as this is a good way for things to go. Yep. I think we should also just before we get into the rest of the characters, let's talk a little bit about the overall arc of the story, because there's one other major character that kind of matters a lot, and that's Persephone. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: This version, Persephone is gone. She has left the underworld. And Zagreus is trying to find her. Because he never met her and doesn't know why he spent his entire life believing that his parents were Hades
2: and Nyx. Mm -hmm. The fact that Hades essentially lied to him and told him that Nyx was his mother... Uh, really kind of drove a wedge between them when he found out. Mm-hmm. Zagreus doesn't really blame Nyx as much as his father. Right. Well, yes, his
0: relationship with Nix. is Nix is, like she says, she did what she had to, and she does, she's still like kind of his primary supporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zagreus is like, she's the one who set him up like to speak to the Olympians, just mm-hmm. put up her mirror and letting him access his power to become stronger. Right. So we feel support there. But Zagreus even suggests talking about his mother, Hades explodes
2: at him. And it shuts down to denial at the same time. Mm -hmm. And because of all this, at the very beginning, the the story does come off as a tragedy because it does not seem like anything Zagreus can do will fix things.
1: Well, not only that, it comes off as a tragedy because all the characters are saying to Zagreus, what you are doing is bad and will cause problems. Like, that's not just how it's a tragedy. That's how it's a Greek tragedy. Where Zagreus's tragic flaw compels him to move forward in a way that goes against what everyone in the world is telling him and will inevitably lead to a negative outcome for the world.
0: And in fact, when he finally reaches his mother, he, he discovers the complete futility of his task. Yep. Zagoras is bound to the underworld. We find out later that he was actually stillborn and it took the power of Nyx to defy fate to bring him back to life. Mm-hmm. Because of all that, as much as his father, he is assuredly
2: drawn to the River Styx. Mm-hmm. A short time in the land of the living and he simply dies and returns. Yep. And then not only that, the first time you manage to battle past Hades and meet Persephone, she tells you she never wants to see you again.
0: Yep. I think it's a little later in the first time. The first time she she, she, the first time she doesn't know you existed and she hopes to speak to you again because you only get barely. Yeah. But about four or
1: five times in. Yeah. Eventually she tells you, stop coming here, please. I beg you. Stop doing this to yourself. Stop hurting yourself.
0: And she even says there's something else going on. See, he's endangering others because it's clear we, we realize this, that in this version, the, the Olympians don't know anything about Persephone. Right. And after the first time, we meet Demeter, and Demeter is terrifying.
2: Demeter is a really interesting character, but the, we do find out that essentially Demeter has essentially frozen the entire world, more or less, and made things extremely difficult for mortals to survive because of the absence of her daughter.
0: And although she's being shielded by Nyx the same way that Zagreus is being shielded in many ways, the more he interacts with her, the, the greater the risk is becoming. Mm-hmm. But Zagreus, he won't give up. And here's the crux moment where a tragedy kind of jumps to tracks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so after you clear the game 10 times, you've beaten Hades nine times. You like and every single time it goes through, it gets more and more tragic and Part of the tragedy is also the player is super compelled to play because at that point you're getting good at the game. It feels great to play it. And you also really want to see where the story is going.
0: And like Zagreus and Hades communications are getting worse. Yeah. It's like Zagreus like did you love her at least? It's like you must have from all your terrible choices. Like, oh, my terrible choices. What do you think yours will be?
1: Yeah. Every single scene just gets more and more tense. And I think when I was getting to the this part of the game, I was like clearing every single run. So I was just like, continuing to get the story doled out to me. It felt great. And then the 10th time... Hades doesn't want to fight. Yeah, Hades is just like, go on ahead. It was actually kind of funny
2: because that time it actually saved my run. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. But essentially, I think the fear with Zagreus is more or less that essentially the Olympians are going to find out Mm -hmm. and the Wrath of Demeter specifically... Is going to be absolutely terrifying, and it right. might essentially destroy the world.
1: Right, we're all scared of that possibility. But at the end of the tenth run, Hades is like, "Fine, go on ahead. I'm, I'm tired of this." It said, "If, if you hurt her,
0: though, even you won't won't survive what I do." Mm-hmm. So then you and go, then and we you... get to then we get to Persephone, who in our last run we were just yelling, "You, can't run away from things." That's what
1: Zagreus was Silas doing, and she's like, "Okay, let's go home." Yep. The game tr- at that point transforms from a tragedy to a comedy <laughs> in the Greek sense.
0: I mean, you know, Persephone's packed up her stuff. Car- Caron, the uh, boatkeeper, is sitting just sitting at the river. There. It's like, they'll give you a ride. And then they jukebox the musical for Morpheus on the way home. Yeah. And it's a gr- great, great bit of music and a wonderful feeling scene. But Yeah.
1: Except for and then it's there's me, the regular tragedy enjoyer, who's just kind of like, uh-huh. but but where would but, but what are you doing? So, so this is so I'm going to let you all talk about the rest of the characters so that I do not grouse because Well, I do think the narrative of this game is good. It just didn't work for me. Well, I, I will say that
2: my theory about this and I can understand why it wouldn't be for you, though, mm-hmm. is that I think what they're trying to do is kind of pull a. You know, basically, if you talk out all your problems and if you trust, trust, trust people, you can you can overcome these these tragedies. But not only that, it's a question of I think they're trying to subvert the idea of
1: Greek tragedy. Well, yeah. Part of the point about telling myths is that when you retell a myth from another culture, the things that you change are what your culture values the most. So like to me. Part of that is you see Hades and you say, OK, so we're forming this Greek tragedy, the structure of Greek tragedy, and we're turning it into a comedy because a lot of that is this is what our culture values. But at the same time, I'm also kind of like, but it also is kind of hinting that our culture is not capable of dealing with tragedy.
0: <laughs> well, it's really is that almost any Greek myth, any Greek tragedy always has to see that there were people who could have talked to each other and stopped something. Yep. And I guess you could just say that. When no one stays dead, eventually someone's going to have enough time to talk.
2: The interesting thing uh, about this, that's the last thing we'll say about the main arc of the story, I think, Mm -hmm. is that I find it really interesting that they used it essentially to set up the end state of what we currently know of Greek mythology uh, regarding Persephone. So essentially Persephone's... Big plan to reconcile the House of Hades with the Olympians that occurs at after in the post game more mm-hmm. or less essentially involves telling them a whole bunch of things that ends up being what we currently know as the story of Persephone in the uh, from Greek mythology in the modern day.
0: I mean, she literally goes to Zagreus. Did you know that if you eat the seeds of a underworld pomegranate, you must stay for six months? No. Yeah, well, they probably don't either. Hmm. (laughs) It's just like Persephone, his conclusion is rather than a a perfect plan, we just need to create an an excuse for people who
1: would like to reconcile. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that kind of gets you into a cheerful comedy farce. But well, no, the the point where it becomes a farce is once you've started clearing the game so many times that that the narrator runs out of things to say about the story. <laughs> it just becomes the lines like, and then Zagreus got hit by a car or something like that.
2: <laughs> yep, he, he got hit by a chariot at a crossing. Because Zagreus has a job
0: now. He's so good at busting up the places, escaping. Now he's the hacker you hire to find his system issues. Yep, And he's like, you're going to, you're going to employ me to piss you off
1: and fight you every few days.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah. That, that's the idea. Happen, like, have yourself. So like, yeah, it's like there's a very good reason for that. It's because the game is really fun and we want to keep on playing it forever.
2: (laughs) Yep. But overall, I think it's just really clever that they they Mm -hmm. basically wove the idea of the roguelike not only into the main story Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, made its mechanics represented in the story, Mm -hmm. but they also wove it into the post-game and the post-post-game story as well. Like Hades whips together
0: a sort of magic punishment thing, which lets you increase your difficulty. Uh, yeah, the
1: extreme measures. Oh, wait, no, that's pact just of one punishment. of them. Uh, yeah. The pact of punishment. Pact of punishment. And, like, that's just increase your difficulty level with, by putting all these various things. And it's like, that's another cool system that the game introduces once you've had your first clear. <laughs> and if you do it good enough, a skeleton will give you a statue of himself. Oh,
0: gosh. <laughs> Yes, in, in the game and the fated choice even says that what Skelly gives you is a worthless trinket. <laughs> so so I
1: think that's a good thing to start talking about. I really just want to talk about the other characters. Yeah, let's talk about all yeah. the other characters. Let's so let's go through the underworld. Let's talk about Skelly since you just brought him up. Yep. Golly's great. He's this inexplicable
0: punching bag weird br- Brooklyn talking character it looks like a, like a skeleton. enemy. he's there as a kind of a little tutorial because he appears on his own screen. You equip a weapon and kind of shows you what your different attacks are, like a little mm-hmm. uh, keyboard map. He's your and he beat the
2: crap out of him while he cheers you on. Yep. He's your striking dummy. I like how nobody can
1: explain who he works for, or how he got there ever. Who, OK, who is he? It felt like his story was actually trying to do something. And then it just goes like, no, he's just a skeleton. No, no, he might be Schlemus, the 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 boat captain. Okay, Schlemius, Skelomius, <laughs> Skelomius yes. yes. If
0: Zagreus like, threatens not to beat him up anymore, he'll tell you who hires him. Okay. Oh, funny. It's it's Caron. Because Caron, <laughs> the silent boatkeeper at the toughest son of a bitch in the underworld, is your ally.
1: Yep. <laughs> unless you steal from him. Yeah. Don't steal from well, Caron <laughs> unless you want to have a really cool boss fight. <laughs>
2: Even even then, it's kind of funny because Hermes is like, oh, yeah, you uh, you beat Karen. He was really impressed. He's not even mad.
1: I guess when I were talking about Karen and Hermes, then. <laughs> well, Hermes falls under the Olympians, but he's
0: the one who knows a bit more. Like, he's, mm-hmm. always, he's, well, he's always he's the messenger. Uh, give me. Yeah, he's giving you the wink and the nod. And he clearly he and Karen, they're working buddies mm-hmm. and Karen. He he runs the stores. Mm hmm. Because he's because he even though he is an ancient, terrifying being, someone's got to, to have a market up there that you can buy, you know, random uh,
2: heroes for food. Hey, Karen wants coin. Yep. The currency that you use in the game for that is Karen's obol, which mm-hmm. uh, resets uh, between runs, mm-hmm. unlike a lot of the currencies. You can essentially just buy boons and health and uh, all sorts of other stuff from his shop when, he, when you get to him. Oh, that reminds me, we didn't mention one of the other really good things about the mechanics of Hades Yeah, is the fact that you can s- see w- yeah. what is beyond each door and make a choice when there's multiple doors. Yep.
0: You see if it's a boon or a weapon upgrading hammer or if it has just like uh, darkness to collect or gemstones and so forth. And you can even once you get certain unlocks, you can reroll and find something new behind a door. Mm-hmm. Now, Charon's the oldest of the three children of Nyx that we know of. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, he's so ancient that he's practically part of the scenery. No one seems to know when he started doing his job. He just always has been. And he, doesn't he doesn't even really talk. About him. He groans. <laughs> and I also think one of my favorite Agrius Lines, is the first time you steal from him, which triggers his bonus fight. It's like, huh, why are you looking so mad? And why is it? Why are we here? Oh, you're going to kill me.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also love the record scratch.
1: Yep. <laughs> Literally just stops dead. The music stops dead. He growls. I love that the fight theme for Charon is a battle remix of the shop theme. It's great. <laughs> he just beating the crap out of you with his lightsaber Or Yep. It's It's a really cool fight.
2: He's actually a harder son of a bitch than Hades. Oh, yeah. He's the hardest extreme, fight. Extreme measures, Hades might be a wee bit tougher, but I don't think the, so. The only thing that makes him less difficult is he has less attacks. Hades has more attack routines, so things can get a little nasty. Though I will say that Charon is a pushover if you have the shield. The shield is just amazing against him because you can Hmm. just trivialize all of his worst attacks just by blocking them. Now, I believe the youngest son of Nyx is Hypnos. The dickhead. One of the dickheads.
0: Hypnos says God is asleep. For some reason, he's been set up as the receptionist for the House of
2: Hades.
1: He's too lazy to do anything else. Maybe he can also keep the sh- the shades a little
2: bit more in line. They just get sleepy in in uh, in the line. And <laughs> I mean, yeah, but what the main thing he wants to do is tell you how you died.
1: Yeah. By
0: berating you, the dickhead. <laughs> oh, you died too loud. Maybe you should dodge them.
1: Yeah, no. Like, OK, I will say hypnos was probably a big part of why I was really frustrated with the game early on, because I thought the game was actively insulting me. I personally thought it was funny when you die to
2: Hades and he's like. It says here you got killed by censored. What's a censored? I think it was redacted, isn't it? Or redacted yeah, I think or something it was like red. that. It's because Hades <laughs> won't admit to any fight.
0: After you beat him the first time, he's in deep denial. Then there's oh, yeah. Like, oh, you're back.
1: Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> so so Hypnos just doesn't get it. It makes yeah. no sense to him. He's and he's kind
1: of got this high fluty voice. I feel like I missed out on a lot of. Uh, character moments for Hypnos when I was going through and eventually like I just sort of like stopped paying attention to a lot of the character lines so I don't know what happened but eventually like Hypnos hit a lock and I couldn't get past it and I didn't care anymore
0: Hypnos's arc is that he's worried that he's
1: not that people think he's
0: doing a bad job I mean
1: he is doing a bad job get better
0: Hypnos he learns a few small ways like how to work with checklists and how things? And at the end, the big thing is that he gets complimented. And he so "Like that yeah, was you're really showing some improvements."
2: Hmm. Yeah, essentially Thanatos is like, eventually warns him, "Hey, dude, you're you're probably going to lose your job if you don't start improving things a little bit." But no, Thanatos is his brother, and even he doesn't enjoy talking to him that much. No <laughs> one likes talking to Hypnos,
0: and that makes yeah. me feel a little bad for him, as annoying as he is.
2: Eventually, uh, Thanatos kind of reconciles with him after he improves mm-hmm. a little bit, though.
1: Speaking of Thanatos, let's move on to talking about the underworld's biggest himbo. <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, I feel like Zagreus is definitely a dumber of the two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Zagreus mean, is a bit of a himbo. I feel like Zagreus is more of a twink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are we allowed to uh, classify? I have no idea. Yeah. Well, Thanatos, you know, he is the literal personification of death itself. Mm hmm. And because of that, that means he just basically shows up to check on his boy. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Thanatos is crushing on Zagreus so hard, and even oh, yeah. though he's as stoic as as, as stoic as shit,
2: yep. I this kind of feel true. that that Thanatos doesn't really know how to express too many
1: emotions. Yeah. he is very stoic. He, he is very stoic at that way. Getting to see his smile at the end of his arc was pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, he's the one employee who never causes
0: Hades' problems, even though he's. Openly helping Zagreus whenever he meets him out when Zagreus is run. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's another guy that you can't do anything about. But So it's probably just as well for Hades' sanity that's, that Thanatos does his job good.
2: I kind of find it interesting that when you get a codex from Achilles early on, which contains a lot of like little lore things. And, and through repeated conversations and kills yeah. and, and collections, mm-hmm. it fills out. Yeah. The last thing Achilles says about Thanatos as Zagreus gets close to him is that he theorizes that Zagreus must be the god of blood of life, hmm. and that is why Thanatos is drawn to Zagreus because they're kind of an opposite pair.
1: Interesting. Now
0: Zagreus denies it. He, whenever talks about, he doesn't really he doesn't believe he's the god of anything. Mm-hmm. The once or twice he used the term god of blood, that seemed to be more of an ironic uh, thing, more than anything
2: there. Achilles does genuinely think he's the god of blood.
0: Thanatos is a one of the
1: romance options, and there are three
0: of them, and each of them are very different.
1: Uh, let's yep. go to the next one, then. Talking about Megra, we'll also start talking about uh, bosses as well. So, so let's talk about the Medusa, the maid. Yep. <laughs> the little Medusa head. <laughs> or little Gorgon head. Yeah, it took me way too long to get that pun, by the way. <laughs> I, I got it pretty quickly, but I also was just kind of like, hmm, you work hard, Dusa. <laughs>
0: Now, now in the good old tradition of Castlevania, there's Medusa heads. And what we have here is Dusa. She is a floating head of adorableness, despite having a snake face.
1: She is super nervous all the time. Yep. She's very anxious. She has basically internalized that the help is not to talk to the people of the house. Well, and this is one of the actual flaws of Nyx, in my opinion. I normally very much like Nyx.
2: But Nyx actually explicitly tells Dusa, you know, you're not allowed to talk to Zagreus. Yep. Uh,
1: like that That actually is one of the things that
2: made me just go fuck off, Nyx.
1: Nyx basically very much
0: feels that everything must be in its order, and she does perceive Dusa's behavior as disrupting her work. Mm-hmm. So it's not meant hostily as much as it's just kind of from extremely serious points. And she actually puts her foot down on Zagreus, which is kind of awkward. She almost never does. Mm-hmm. Medusa basically, she is fangirling over Zagreus to a point where oh, yeah. for the first twenty times you talk to her, she's going to run away at the
2: end of the conversation. Just yep, she just flies up <laughs> into the ceiling.
1: It's super adorable.
2: <laughs> yep, and it, it's essentially is- the 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 funny thing is that if you advance her enough and try to, I guess, quote unquote, romance her, uh, I guess as to be expected of a Medusa head with no body, it turns out that she's. Uh, maybe uh, aromantic or asexual, and she's not interested in Zagreus in that way. No, she admires him. Zagreus has actually grown a lot, and uh, he takes it all in stride, and it's actually really sweet.
0: Which is funny, because you kind of do this in his room, where the other two, um, well, we have
2: fade the the black scenes with interesting sound effects. Yep. 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 One, yep. W- one with wits, one without. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And that's why we say that he's a bisexual disaster, or a disaster bisexual, because yeah, he you can you can romance oh. and sleep with both Thanatos and Megara.
1: And well, at the same time, it's kind of like in the underworld. I would kind of expect everyone to be poly anyway, so
2: it's yeah. fine. <laughs> Hades seems very devoted. Yeah, actually, Achilles mentions that, that Hades might be the only god he's ever known that is monogamous. And if you know anything about Greek mythology, you know there's a very good argument to
0: be made there. Mm-hmm. Not only is Hades monogamous, if anyone messes with his wife, that's usually
1: a few times Hades does some real shit. Mm-hmm. On that note, let's-, let's talk about Achilles. Yeah, let's talk about Achilles. Achilles is the cool guy. <laughs> Achilles is a bro. I love him. He's, he's
0: been employed after his death by Hades as sort of somewhere between a general to work any forces if anything's needed, but also has kind of been Zagreus' personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Kind of the head of the guard as well, I think. Yep. So he's just there all the time. And he's he's the one who explicitly has trained Zagreus on weapons and such, and he gives you his codex to access the game's like little reference guide. Mm-hmm. And you almost feel at first that Zagreus has a little uh, crush on Teacher, it's, it's a lot more mild than others, but it, you kind of
1: feel it for a bit. But then eventually in, the, in Elysium, you find Patroclus. Yeah, you find Patroclus, Achilles' actual boyfriend.
2: And Achilles is explicitly says, you know, like, I'm flattered to Zagreus, but my heart already belongs to yep. another. Yep. And it's, I know a lot of
0: people were gratified because there's this really ugly tendency towards Achilles and the Iliad to talk about him and his close friend, mm. Patroclus. And... Greek mythology was not afraid of that of the concept of of you know of male romance. The fact that mm-hmm. Greek society was very was had a lot of uh, pushes to it, mm-hmm. and so I know there are often people, especially who would like to see more representation, who can get frustrated when you always just get this this almost cowardice here. And yep. Hades, let's be clear, Hades does not hide this at all. It nope. is absolutely like, Achilles is mourning a love he thinks he'll never see again, and in mm-hmm. Elysium, in Paradise, Patroclus is a broken shell of a man alone.
2: Mm-hmm. I really like that they were not afraid to explicitly make Patroclus and uh, Achilles to be lovers.
0: I said it's Zagreus and Thanatos. It's it's a their storyline between shows them both like accepting feelings for someone they had never realized before, mm-hmm. and then we have this story which is the reunite a love. And but you have other types as well. I mean, because another character you could save is Orpheus. Yep.
1: <coughs> you commute his sentence, correct?
0: Yeah, basically, he was being so mopey and not working as a musician for Hades. After death. Hades just kind of threw him in jail or something like that. You let him out. Orpheus is really easy to troll <laughs> because because. As we said, Zagreus was a part of the mystery cults, and the Orphic tradition is one of those. And has some really good gag writing. Zagreus spends all his time telling Orpheus the most
1: bullshit stories possible, and Orpheus absolutely I mean, believes it and writes songs about it. It's great. I love it. Orpheus is probably my favorite inhabitant of the home base underworld. I thought it was really funny
2: because at some point Dionysus just is like, oh yeah, Dionysus. Yeah, Zag. We we we're going to get uh, Orpheus. You, now, why don't you tell him you're like related to me or something like so, that? So actually, same okay, person.
1: Now, now, now it's kind of funny that you're bringing that up because Dionysus also has a lot of mystery cults about him, right? Oh, absolutely. It's a complete end joke. The fact
0: that the idea is one of the most current versions of, of of Dionysus and Zagreus is that Zagreus was a born son of Hades, murdered by Titans. And then Zeus fed his heart to one of his lovers, and that became Dionysus. Huh. And so the, so Dionysus and Zagreus come up with this stupid idea together. that's what it really is. <laughs> and until Orpheus, Orpheus believes it and writes a whole hymn to Zagreus. Yep. Zagreus' misery and the Hades' great amusement. Because at this yep. point, like, oh, if less people think we're related, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 good. And, and Zagreus can't convince Orpheus otherwise. Like, oh, you're just being modest. You told yes. me all these amazing <laughs> stories. Uh, like, and, and, and not only that, Orpheus is such a sad sack that his girlfriend, who he who he blew it with, and everyone knows Orpheus' story, doesn't want anything to do with him right now. Mm-hmm. She's living her best life in the Lake of Fire. Yep. Like, she's that, that guy there. Now, you get in the reconcile, and it's not bad, but... That's one where it didn't feel quite as satisfying because she seemed perfectly happy.
1: Let's uh, go on to the Olympian gods now. Oh, they're, they're the standard set
0: here. You got Zeus, Poseidon, Artemis, Ares, Athena. No Apollo, strangely enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dionysus and Hermes and then Demeter after the first time you reach the surface. And I think I oh, and Aphrodite.
2: If we were to have an expansion to Hades, I think Hephaestus and Hera and Apollo would be pretty natural ideas for Mm -hmm. more boon granting gods.
0: It's almost worth going through them quickly, like just by their basic concept. Yep. Zeus is, Zeus is incredibly arrogant. He's, yep. you know, he's the top, he's a top dog. He thinks he's the best. And he's so magnanimous. He says he wants to forgive Hades for their little feud. Mm-hmm. Boy, Hades gets mad at that one.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> Poseidon's the cool uncle that no one well, might like, take because he's. Yeah. And it's also kind of like both both Zeus and Poseidon are real dicks about it to Hades. <laughs> when they're the ones that are probably more culpable in the whole fight to begin with. Oh, yeah. I mean,
0: Poseidon wants to be cool uncle, but you can even hear from the other younger gods that they can't quite take him because mm-hmm. he's just this bro surfer who's trying to show Austin is. Athena's the, the serious, uh, intelligent one, a little cocky there. Is After Athena writing, the first one you meet or is Zeus? Yes, Athena is the guaranteed first meet. You cannot meet Zeus on the first run. Okay. Athena is the first you meet. She's kind of the one that talks you most on your level, but she can be just as pissy as the others if you slide her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Aphrodite is flirtatious, is not wearing anything. Yep. <laughs> Artemis is an
1: awkward nerd. I, I don't know if I would say nerd, but she is very antisocial. Yeah, when she starts talking about her friend who turns into a bear. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually kind
0: of dirty there. If she, she she gets kind of almost sundery about things if she
1: I, thinks that you're being friendly. So a side effect of my Hades brain is that eventually I just sort of like skip through all the God talk because I'm just like, get to the boons, damn it. <laughs> <But>.
0: <laughs> well, after, well, Artemis wants to talk to her friend, Calliope, who turns into a bear and how the fun adventures they had together. Cool. Yep. If you do that enough times, that's when her walk eventually goes. Ares is... Creepy friendly. Mm -hmm. He loves your bloodshed. He just really lets into it. He's he never he never seems to get angry except when any of them get angry if you slight them. And he's just like he's this guy that you kind of feel your skin crawl that he approves of you.
2: I really think Ares is a really cool depiction of of uh, Ares in general. Mm -hmm. Because while the Greeks hated Ares and made him a
0: dumb thug, and and the Romans thought that Mars was just the coolest, so it's more interesting to see this kind of
2: creepy guy mm-hmm. yeah he, uh the cool thing about about that is that even if Ares
1: gets mad at you he's just like that was a wonderful display of bloodshed i can't stay mad at you after that we kind of touched on hermes a bit already but hermes talks really fast because he's always in a hurry to get to the next place and he rambles and rambles yep hey close D-
0: dionysus is a <laughs> frat bro he is 100 percent the bro-y guy. guy's like dude i can't believe you
1: did that to me I hey yo zag man Dag buddy boy, let's go get a beer or no, he wants wine. He wants wine. Dionysus wants wine. Give him some, give him some nice nectar. Mm-hmm. Demeter
0: is just the. Isn't it Demeter? I, Demeter. I yeah. I, yeah, I guess so. To use she's, the old terms is she's the crone. She is super cold in more ways than one. She's completely in her winter aspect. We never see the goddess of the harvest, only the, of, the, of the winter seasons. Mm-hmm. She's cold. Yep. She doesn't like talking about others. She's willing enough to help, but she
2: always goes back to how like, the, like you freeze. That's on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is very haughty. She sees herself as the only competent one out of all the Olympians and kind of sneers at all the others. She yeah. also has the best cast.
0: yeah well yeah she she gives this version of Demeter is actually treated not as one of the children of Kronos but was a child of a separate titan which is Mm -hmm. why she's older and she's almost primal in her way and it's part of that's extra terrifyingness.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so I think that's all the Olympians right So so let's go through the different layers of the underworld now I guess Yep. yep. First off, we're in Tartarus
0: and in Tartarus. Well, we got some stuff to meet here. This is the lowest of the low where the wretched souls
1: are kept. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of the enemies are all that interesting down here apart from the bosses at the end. Well, we can meet Sisyphus here.
2: Yes.
0: Oh, yes. Believe me. If if, if Camus thought that Sisyphus was happy, uh, Supergiant thought Sisyphus was ex- just an ecstatic,
1: happy uh, like, cobra. Can it su- wasn't Supergiant completely unaware of, the myth of uh, Camus' uh, myth of Sisyphus?
0: Uh, yeah, um, The myth of Sisyphus, the idea that you can find joy and absurdity. They actually weren't aware of this. They just concluded that either this character was going to be completely stargraving mad or he's going to be this happy guy that carved the face into the boulder. And now it's his best friend.
1: Give Necroner to Boldy, get a boon. <laughs> Boldy gives some really good boons. <laughs> it's funny because Sisyphus is an ultimate villain. The things he
0: does and he does hit that like in myth, they are unquestionably horrible things he did. Mm hmm. But other than the fact that he wants stuffed uh, Thanatos in a sack to stay alive longer, they don't, they don't cover it. Though he does mention, you know, I was a bad guy. I deserve to be down here and I'm happy here. You want to talk to Boldy to uh, go through your problem? Your
2: I've never actually gotten a boon from Boldy. Is there
1: a need to give, that? You need, you need to give Boldy a nectar.
2: I give, I give Boldy Nectar every single time and I don't yes, get Yes, but if uh, you
0: do, you get a 1% to something. You have to look into your list to find. You get like 1% yep. attack boom and 1% speed. Oh, funny.
1: That's it's funny. it like, it doesn't say that you get it. It's just, it's, they stick it into your inventory uh, behind the scenes. It's cute. Oh, that's kind So yeah, but I
2: always give give Boldy a nectar when I see see Boldy. But yeah, I I actually like the version of Sisyphus that we have. Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, like it's one of those questions that, you know, do people deserve forgiveness? And it really does seem like Sisyphus has, in fact, changed from his days as the knave king.
1: But he still is going to be keep pushing that boulder up a hill for the rest of eternity. But the funny thing is, is the his whole scenario
0: is he's been he's been sneaking breaks because you're causing so much shit that he's not <laughs> being guarded as carefully. <laughs> but even though you can even commute his sentence, and he's still happy to stay with
1: Boldy. Yep.
0: And he just tells you at one time, you, you do understand I'm joking that Boldy's real, right? <laughs> Did he hear you get that conversation?
1: I did not get that conversation. Holy shit. I did then, not realize this. And
0: then Zachary's like, what are you talking about? Bully's your best friend. Uh, you're right. I'm just kidding. And you just question the end. You don't know. What? he was. That's funny. Uh, but it's, but it's Boldy. pretty great. Boldy's great. No, but yeah, the end. No, no. Sisyphus was hey, kidding. Bully Boldy really is his best real, right?
1: <laughs> so the question is, who is who is the most sane there is the question. Speaking of not quite sane, let's go talk to the Furies. Well, when you're when your
0: existence is to get punishment on traitors, murderers, and and spies,
1: you're going to be a little bit crazy. The most stable of the three is Megara, but well, she's the only one let inside the house. So yeah, yeah, she you, she's also uh, she ends up hanging out in the uh, home base as well, and you can uh, she's also a romanceable option. I would say she's probably the most toxic romanceable option. (laughs) Well, it's applied to their exes. Her Mm and is definitely had to pass. Getting back together with an ex, which is always kind of a... Rocky situation through the mutual joy of fighting each other to the death over and over again, might I add? Yeah, yeah. This game is really fun, but do not take any lessons from it.
0: (laughs) And and judging from sound effects, their relationship involves some whipping, which could
1: be healthy except for everything else we see. I mean, so long as everything is consensual and they have and they exercise safe words and all that, it's fine. Yep. Yep. Uh, but again,
0: no one can die. He'll just go back into the
2: pool. So yep. I maybe mean, they don't worry about it. Me- Megara is actually the the first time you meet her, you will probably die. Yep. She is the but, first boss. Yep.
0: She is the first boss. And the bosses have enough fast, brutal attack routines that they're going to whip you around, especially since you're probably going to be low on health when you reach her the first time. I don't
1: remember how long it took me to get past Megara. You were pretty quick, as I recall. I took me several runs. You be like the third or fourth. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, so Megara has
2: uh, some pretty nasty attacks where she rushes at you mm-hmm. and uh, she doesn't give that much warning, but eventually you start to learn to to read them. Geez. She also has some some attacks where she follows you around and, you know, uh, does uh, AOEs on the ground in various patterns that you can try to dodge
1: mm-hmm. a certain way and pulls up wretched, like that. wretched enemies as, yep. um, as she has a lot of ads um, like and then after you've cleared Tartarus enough times and have a lot of uh, wonderful conversations with Megara. Electo shows up. He gets Elect- fed up and calls into sisters. Yep. yep. Electo is. is a so, psycho. Yeah. Electo is well, way I more saw- into the whipping and way less into the love. <laughs> so wait, uh, Megara, which, what kind of person does Megara uh, punish? I forget.
0: Megara is the punisher of traitors, oath breakers, thieves and adulterers.
2: Got it. Okay, and, and I believe Electo is the Punisher of uh, those who those who commit terrible acts through passion. Oh boy! <laughs> so Electo
1: is she's kind of I'm raving. I'm a raving rage monster who's a yep. sadist. She has a mechanic that is a rage meter, but I could for the life of me was always just like, but that's just basically a health mechanic because it'll always spike when she gets low health. Yep. Basically, if
0: you fight her slow, she'll have she'll have small spikes beforehand. But honestly, she's a lot more up close and personal. So you can yep. really fight her close and get to the uh, last stage. And also once you get breaks,
1: once you get good enough at the game, she burns down in less than a minute anyway. So it's pretty straightforward.
2: I do think she is much tougher than Megara, though. She really likes that you bleed, though. Boy, does she like it.
1: <laughs> and then eventually you will meet the third sister, Siphony. Punisher of murderers and Pokemon speech. murder. Murder. Eventually, she does learn to say a couple other words. Yeah, Zagreus, as in murder Zagreus. Like she. Well, I didn't actually get that line, even with all the times I played through. But I did get her saying Merzer at one point. The funniest one I've seen is Zerderer. (laughs) (laughs) And the other two actually very like Mega
0: in particular. She doesn't stand her sisters. They're banned from the House of Hades for vague reasons.
1: I mean, I can think of a few good reasons. Yeah, I mean, I don't know—is it because like to Symphony, she fights in the dark, not in the dark so much as uh, deal enough damage to her and the room gets smaller, right? But also,
0: it it actually is the room is lower lit, so Mm. it, it doesn't really factor as much you think. But it's in that sickly green light. Okay, all
2: I know is I think she's actually the easiest of the three. She's hard when you first start her, but once you learn what she does, she's not actually that bad. Mm-hmm. And if you have certain blocks against her and you keep
1: right in her face, you can just crush her immediately, especially cuz yeah. her arena shrinks. So you you she doesn't get away from you. Yep. And because the every time she goes invincible for phase changes is also when the arena shrinks, so you're not going to be attacking at that point anyway. So you don't really have you don't really have the any danger phases like that. Yep. We forgot to mention one
0: very important being that's all throughout the underworld.
2: world. Oh, God. Chaos, right? Oh, Chaos. Yes.
0: Parent of Nick's original progenitory of the of everything is just chilling in its own realm, watching you
2: like a TV show, and has the best buffs. <laughs> yep, I actually really like how they depicted chaos simply because it's really alien, and they actually took very great p- pains
1: to make them alien and non-binary. Yep, in that spooky, fashion. spooky non-binary that takes sacrifices to give you really cool shit. I love it, and just is curious about things like mm-hmm. as,
0: like loss. Lost a touch with its star Nix a while back, but you have a shield that's its eye sometimes, so it can just watch you through it.
2: I think it's really fun when they, you start carrying around the, the aspect of chaos and they start kind of commenting
1: on how you're doing mm-hmm. sometimes. Let's see. So next up, we have Asphodel,
0: which is supposed to be the nice neutral underworld. But apparently at some point, the river of fire overflowed and no one ever did anything about it.
1: Asphodel <laughs> is the shortest section of any run. Like, I think it's usually like seven or eight
0: rooms. And it has so that's it's basically the one where you're never going to have a mini boss. You're just going to have the mini rooms like you're the. No, you have mini bosses. Like, the, oh, that's right. The uh, two big guys. You get the witch room, the stomper and the Medusa head or the barge. The mega Gorgon. Asphodel has the least number of NPCs. Really, the main one there is Yuridice. Yuridice. I'm very bad at that. And I said, as Orpheus is actually spends all day just singing a song called Good Riddance, mm-hmm. which is pretty great. And she's just perfectly happy to do her own thing, live her life. I said, you can convince her to give Orpheus another chance, and it is definitely on her terms. But mm-hmm. again, it's got that, it's
2: still just like, I feel like we're just meddling in something. Did we need to? She also is nice because, uh, so Sisyphus just kind of gives you like some kind of resources you can take gems, darkness, or obols. Mm hmm but uh Eurydice actually gives you some, a choice of three really amazing buffs mm-hmm. uh you can either take a, up- a rarity upgrade to uh two of your existing buffs and that generally makes them more effective because mm-hmm. there's rarity tiers you can also level them like with pomegranate power mm-hmm. and you get four of them mm-hmm. and then there's another one which is the next three buffs you take get an extra rarity level.
0: Mm-hmm. So rather than upgrade what you have, you can set the upgrade to what comes next. I usually end
2: up taking that last one.
1: And really, the only other thing in Asphodel is Lernie. But, so the, is it the Lerniated Bone Hydra is the name? The, 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 the Lernian Lernie Hydra. Lernian Bone Hydra. There we go. But Or as Zachary eventually names him, Lernie, the Bone Hydra. <laughs> and it even changes his name. On, I, I but like, it. like, I think I honestly think like that moment was actually when Hades went from like, Okay, I'm struggling through this grr, 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 too. I like it. I think that actually is the moment that the game just clicked for me.
0: (laughs) Yes, this huge monster killed by Hercules is is guarding the Exodus zone. And Zagreus just starts treating it as another
1: pet that he just has to beat up. Yep. Which is actually a little horrible now that I say that. Yeah, (laughs) it's unlike the rest of the, the things that you fight in the underworld. It's not quite clear. If it's just like a it's a raging monster, it really it is a raging monster. It doesn't have much of a personality, but it's really cute. doesn't speak. It just it's na- is. even like Kyron speaks better. Its horns are different color based on what kind of attacks it's using. And I remember seeing the Zagreus walks up one point and Lernie's horns are the same color as a what was it? Trans pride flag. It was Lernie says trans rights is what I found myself saying. And Zagreus says, Lernie, you look fabulous today. And I'm like,
2: yeah, <laughs> that's funny. The Hydra Isn't that hard? I don't think it's more or less extra heads that you have to be up to make.
1: I love that fight as a good test of how your build is going. If you can like if you can burn down each of the heads in a like about a second, you're on a very good run. Yep.
2: It has three phases. And in between each phase, it will spawn three and then six extra Hydra heads Mm -hmm. that you've got to destroy before the main one becomes vulnerable again.
0: Yep. So it's a fun, crazy time, but the heads are pretty weak and quick
2: to kill if you're doing good. Yep. Yep.
0: And after Asphodel, you make your way up to Elysium and now it's time
2: to wreck shit in paradise. Yeah. Elysium is actually very hard the first time you get to it. You will probably die not before even getting to the bosses. Well, it's the land of
0: heroes. So all the shades now, all the enemies, they're powerful they're po- they're just powerful uh, warriors and heroes of their time.
2: So actually, the enemies here are actually starting to get kind of interesting. The. Mm. You have the various forms of warriors, the great spears, the great swords, the great shields, and the great bows. And they all poop out a little soul. When you defeat them, they all drop a little soul, which will go for the the nearest discarded weapon and try to respawn with full health. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to get rid of the souls.
0: And sometimes the souls have armor, too. And there's just so
2: many things around it dropping on your head that you Mm -hmm. you just absolutely swarm around. Yep, and they have
1: quite a bit of health, especially the shielded variety. And also the shielded varieties also have extra moves, which are hard. I think before we talk about the the boss characters that we care about in Elysium, let's first quickly touch on Patroclus. So Patroclus is, as we said earlier, the lover of Achilles. Who basically died to force force Achilles' hand during the
0: Trojan War, if you know anything of the story.
1: Right, and he... Is very tough to break through, too, um, partly because you have to actually get to him in your runs. He has to actually show up and you have to talk to him a lot.
0: He's not so much like harsh or anything, but he's definitely he's broken and wants to be left alone. Yep. He, call, he only will call you stranger. We actually find out that he was not meant for Elysium. Apparently they can see his death broken enough, but Achilles had made a deal for him. That's why Achilles works for Hades. But it, but it still
1: leaves them separated. He gives the best buffs. Of all the NPCs. His buffs either refill your life if you're using multiple death defiances. Or gives you 50% health increase on a stubborn defiance respawn, which pumps it up to an 80% respawn. Or he'll use stronger abilities of other items. He can buff your attack. He can buff your
0: cast. And it lasts for 10 rooms, so it makes it most of the way through the final zone.
2: And he can also give you a very powerful healing item that heals you for 30% uh, health every time you enter a new room.
1: So this is also one of the only places where we have a boss that is actually interesting to talk about, which is Asterius, the bull. The bull of Crete, the minotaur. They call him the bull of Minos, but yeah. He's all of those things. Yeah. He is a big armored bull carrying a cool axe, and he kicks all kinds of ass. He's really cool. He's my bro. <laughs> he <laughs> definitely belongs here. Asterius actually gets along pretty well
2: with Zagreus on his own.
1: Oh, yeah. I definitely love the understanding that Asterius and Zagreus come to. It's just kind of like, yeah, these two, these two can get along. It's nice. They know what's up. The person who doesn't know what's up is fucking Theseus. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy so much. This is so funny to me because of what Theseus
0: is. He was Athens' ideal hero to the point that they actually started rewriting things to make him even better as a hero. If you actually look at all his actions and he's this, well, I'm just going
2: to say he's this intolerable cock. and so it's really fun because they he's literally the heel character of the
1: of the game well he is the face he's the face but that's why he's also a big dickhead. He's just this huge, pompous shit who would call you nothing but a blackguard and mm.
0: spawn. Yep. And he just always will declare how you're nothing, how he's hero, and he and his noble brother Bull will defeat you because Asterius comes back if, even if you face
1: him in the mid boss. And Asterius is loyal to Theseus completely. This is actually a really good boss fight because when you first reach it, you will not be able to win. Oh,
2: yeah. I died my first couple times to him. Theseus fights a lot like the soul like the soul
0: enemies, only he's nastier and quicker about it. He is the skill boss of this of the set.
1: Yeah, like Megara and Bernie can be easily taken down by a decent enough build and their patterns are pretty easy to learn. Theseus is the one that actually is like, are you good at this game yet? This is the first bottleneck, the first one where I felt like I didn't know what I was doing wrong, that
0: I was losing.
2: Yeah, so essentially what happens is that you have to fight Asterius and Theseus at the same time. Asterius does all the same things he does in his mini boss, but not he has Theseus backing him up. Mm-hmm. Usually my strategy is to take out Asterius, then Theseus. Yep. But I know some people do it the other way around, and some people prefer to do them... Uh,
1: Evenly, So it, it depends on my build. Usually I'll take down Asterius first, but sometimes if I get a build that I'm like, heck, yeah, I can do this. I'll take them both down at the exact same fucking time. And it's fucking amazing.
0: <laughs> and but but here's yeah. the thing, like Theseus, he's the only person the whole underworld doesn't seem to get it. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He, you cannot talk him out of his mindset. You, you, He will never, ever feel like feel bad that he lost. He's just always going to win the next time. Mm-hmm. And, even, and even when he brags Queen Underworld Returns is and you say, well, that's my mom. He's like, you're a Stop lying.
2: You're a liar. Yep. Never
0: meet your heroes, uh, Zagreus. Yeah, in says. fact, Zagreus likes him at first, but he absolutely can't stand Asterius, other guy.
2: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, this like, actually looks up to him at first and is really excited to meet him. And mm-hmm. then like,
1: well, then he, he, well, then so he learns. Yeah, he learns. Wait, this guy is a complete piece of shit.
2: And here's the thing.
0: And yet Theseus is popular with all the shades watching the arena, except what your special buddy shade.
1: Yeah, I love. <laughs> what, so does your special buddy shade show up right away or does he show up after a few but wins? Actually, right away, my understanding is he was a graphical glitch that players
0: liked, like he was giving up a heart. So they just they they built it into it. And nice. now he's
1: now he's swag for speedrunners. Along with petting Cerberus at the end of every run through Elysium, what you need to do is say hi to your shade. You just kind of approach him and he's like. I did this for you, my good shade, and you know I'm like like it's that kind of weird little po- polished touch that I is like so good in this game. I don't want to like go to a whole other section
0: about this, but I think this is a great time to mention extreme measures, which is the funniest of the oh yeah. Fun so, um, as extreme measures is upgrading the bosses. Yes, like, the theories fight as a group of three. You're only facing one of them. The other two are basically doing, running in and out attacking you. Yep, you fight Lurney on a tiny island. And his head detaches and chases you around, but Theseus.
1: Theseus gets fucking armor and a chariot.
0: <laughs> he's, he's wearing he's wearing gold armor with a bandolier on it, a, a gaudy gold mask, and a shiny chariot with, with dual rail guns. It, and Asterius is in bright gold armor as well. It's so apparently good. Daedal, apparently oh, I, Daedalus the Smith made this for him as a joke, but Theseus loves it.
2: Yep. Well, actually, uh, so he, he, uh, when you first do it and you come back to Achilles, Achilles is like, Oh, God, don't tell me Theseus is wearing the mask. Is he <laughs> wasn't made and it as a gag. And he's like, yes, he is. Oh, that was made as a gag by Daedalus f- for people who have entirely too much pride and don't realize it. And they're like, <laughs> yep, that's Theseus. Theseus <laughs> like, the
0: gods have bestowed me this wonderful armor. And then every time you wreck his chair, he gets so mad. <laughs> <laughs> This is like the detailing. <laughs> it's just so impractical. You're facing you're facing a stairs who now could swing in a circle like a buzzsaw. Well, around the is driving around the corner, shooting
1: missiles. The and the air. funny thing is, by the time I actually got to the point where I was turning my heat up enough to get a fight against extreme measures, Theseus I still just one-shot the fight completely easily. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I, I I actually find extreme measures Theseus
2: not actually that hard. Nope, the <laughs> so fun. Uh, so, and also extreme measures Asterius has a big spin move, spin whirlwind move. Yeah. But more importantly, whenever he does a leap attack, he makes a pretty big shock wave. Mm-hmm. So you can't like just like sit there and wait for stick him. and
0: move on it. Like, so the normal attack, this serious is stick and moving. You have to keep away from him Now,
1: question. You know? If you have extreme measures uh, three on and you run into a serious as a mini boss, does he have the armor there or do you have to yes, run on does. middle management for that?
0: No, he has, no, he has, the, has
1: armor. the armor there. OK, cool. Good to know.
0: And there are some dialogue that's like that's kind of weird. What you're wearing? It's like, yeah, we were supposed to.
2: <laughs> a- Asterius doesn't really like the armor either.
0: <laughs> he, he's, but he's still stoic about it. I mean, he yeah. and Theseus are so close. Some people are convinced that's a yet another couple, but that's never. The Theseus is very possessive of Asterius, but yes, in fact, he's the one who brought the, the Minotaur to Elysium because he respected him so much, which is basically the only good thing we hear Theseus do in this entire damn game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And so once we clear Elysium, once we salute our shade, it's time to go to the Temple of Sticks, which is full of
1: satyrs for some reason. And also Cerberus, who is a very good boy. And like the moment it brings up Cerberus, who's just like, I don't have to fight no. you, do I? I don't want to fight you. Oh, and, yeah. And then, I was Zagris, very nervous. And then Zagris is like, no, but seriously, I'm not going to fight you. Let's go find a sack of God knows what. God knows what
0: to feed. And yes, that's basically what the game calls it. A sack of God knows what. A satyr. It's a satyr sack. It's his most disgusting treat.
1: So Sticks... Is you have two to five rooms to find the Sator sack. While you're doing it, you're going to be browning out any kind of final things on your build, and
0: you're going to be facing some nasty,
2: fast-moving enemies with the, the Ironbacks. Carrie has a big superstore up here, mm-hmm. and uh, and you can get and you can also get a lot of uh, money here, especially if you have the the upgrade to the Underworld that lets earn sometimes spawn with gold in them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or the ones or the ones that give you like gold with each room, because there's lots yep. of tiny rooms with six. Six is a labyrinth. It's not really a maze. No, but a labyrinth. Like a labyrinth where it's all one
2: path, it just twists and turns. Okay. Yep. There's actually a few nasty mini bosses in here.
1: The one the one that I don't like is the mini rat. The mini rat.
2: That's why so the uh, those
1: of the King Vermin. Is the I know the I know those the big rat, and then there's the little rat. And the little rat is the one that's actually really hard. Yeah. It's the one that gets a big build up in fanfare and a Boss health, mini boss health bar.
0: And if you beat it with the uh, special animation from Demeter, it has a, a destruction like one of the three major bosses, not mini boss in the animation. Mm. <laughs> so eventually, as see you fight through, you're probably going to fight one or two mini bosses. You can't find the Sator Sack in the first room you choose, so it has to be at least the second or third
1: path. I f- ended up finding it on uh, the second room a lot towards the end, and I don't know what I was doing that made me pick that
0: it's, it's as far as I can tell from watching speed runners, it's RNG, complete RNG. Yep. You're just super lucky. It's never in the first room. It's one in the ones after that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then uh once you find the satyr Sack. And then they and then they area talks about how Dread Cerberus decides to go have a snacky snack for today.
1: Mm hmm. Yep. Cerberus. Like Cerberus vanquished. Cerberus vanquished his hunger. Yep. <laughs> like it, it goes away with a really cheeky wink and a nudge. Just like, yep. yeah. Yeah, the one I don't get is Cerberus Vanquished. You did this. And it's just like, yeah, that was a weird one. It's like it's a joke It's like
0: feel bad. You did something bad. Yep. Or possibly, no, this was your this was your success. Good job.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so once you once we get past Cerberus, we go out. And, and the big- very first time this happens, I was very
1: surprised because I didn't actually expect Hades to be the last boss. But it's the title of a video game. That's a pretty decent chance that the last boss is the name of the video game. And now that you,
0: they plays up, it plays this rocking remix of the opening title song. And it says the song is God of the Dead. And it is just the we haven't talked to music, but I love the music. Oh,
1: the music in this game is fantastic. Also, the uh composer is also a one of the voice actors in the game, too. Like they do a lot of the voice acting in house and they're all really good. It's great.
0: Yeah, they they actually the, the composer did the scratch track for Jagrius, but they liked it so much they kept it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, the but. universe uses this brutal driving guitar solo. Mm-hmm. And then when you defeat Hades, he gets up with a second health bar and the, and the guitar goes into full dragon form. It's so
1: fucking good.
0: And if you do the extreme measures, it's even more amazing. The third level, but I'm not that good yet.
1: I'm pretty sure if I got there eventually, I'd be like, yeah, I do this. But I, as I said, I have to stop playing Hades. And if I ever find myself on a desert island, I would want Hades with me as a game. That's why like. <laughs> So here are my desert island games: Hades, Final Fantasy V, and I need to think of more. But those are the two that I'm like. These are the two games that I could probably play for the rest of my life and be happy. <laughs>
0: and so, just talking about, we talked the whole loop of the game, and I, even though I feel we spoil every bit, it's still. Everything is there. There's so much we haven't mentioned. Mm-hmm. We talked briefly about fishing. Fishing is a fun side thing, but you're still, you're, you're collecting, you're collecting it, and then you get to trade him in at the, at the bar you've prepared in the House of Hades. Yep.
2: Hades himself as a boss is actually a pretty interesting boss. He's very fair. He fights like a tankier Zagreus. He uses the yep. spear-type moves. Mm-hmm. He, throws, he
0: throws flaming, uh, green flaming skulls like your special skulls. Mm-hmm. And so it's like he's basically you're fighting a mirror match and you kind of see it shows you more than ever just how much they like each
2: other. And and then he gets a second health bar due to death defiance.
1: <laughs> you're
2: right. And then he falls into the sticks like you do when you finally beat him. Yep. And after his death defiance, he starts doing different moves. I actually think his first phase is more difficult than his second phase, though, to be honest. Because of all the ads? Yeah. yeah. The
0: ads are the tricky part. The second one, well, what I've seen from it in Extreme Measures, you 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 have to be a lot more careful cuz the the switch up is and then in extreme measures even call cerberus like you can call your friends yep
2: and so you have uh I think the the I like kind of like the beam move that he does in the second phase though that's kind of fun you got to hide behind a pillar
0: Speedrunners apparently used to be the strategy was hug your dad. There used to be a safe spot in, in his sprite. <laughs> but they fixed that. You saw us every time, every part of the topic about this game, we're going on all sorts of crazy tangents. Mm-hmm. And it's great because that's what's in the game for you to find.
2: Might we talk a little bit about some really good builds we've done?
1: To finish this out, I would like to talk a bit about builds and like various things that we like to do in the game. I love a laser build. Finding all the
0: upgrades to Demeter's uh, giant beam. Crystal. That's a hugely broken build.
1: Anytime you get Demeter's cast, it's just kind of like, oh, I think I just won. <laughs> Especially if you get the
0: upgrades that adds freeze and then the upgrade that turns freeze into extra damage.
1: Her duo with either Artemis or with Aphrodite are incredible. Aphrodite is a bit harder to use than Artemis because it targets you, but it targets you. But you can, but like it's still a fast movement. And so like you can basically just paint your lasers following you around. It's great. Mm-hmm. And um, those are
0: sort of my favorite builds. I also like using the heaviest sword in the game, the Sword of Arthur. Like the special swords of non Greek
1: enemies, because it's oh, because I love this big, tanky, smashing sword. You just do my, incredible damage. So, my favorite of those uh, extra uh, aspects that you that are hidden is the is the aspect of Gilgamesh for the gloves, because as, as I said, my other desert island game is Final Fantasy V and Gilgamesh is the best character in Final Fantasy. <laughs> I
2: actually kind of like the aspect of Lucifer, for the railgun.
1: Like, actually, real talk. Every time I played a aspect of Gilgamesh run of Hades, I would just go find a 30 minute loop of battle on the big bridge from Final Fantasy V and just loop (laughs) it the entire run. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. There's like because of the different aspects, there's
0: like 20 different weapons and then you can build any boon on them. The game really rewards you
1: playing new fun stuff. They all have really different play styles. It's really amazing. Yeah, there's six different weapons that your how you set up your mirror at the beginning is, can affect your gameplay. Like I became a big proponent of Stygian soul over the regular Infernal soul, where rather than gaining extra casts, bloodstones, you get your cast are, is on a cooldown.
2: Mm, yep. Yeah. So actually, my most broken build was one of those crystal beam builds. But not only that, did I have I had every possible upgrade for the crystal beam. But I also had Stygian Soul with 2.25 second reload, and I had five Countum, five Bloodstones. So basically, during Hades, all I did, I didn't even use my attacker special. All I did was just put down crystal beams, and it anything else would have lowered my damage. And I didn't even take 40 damage during that fight. It was just crazy.
1: All right. I think we've I think we've said all we really need to say. I I, I just wanted to close out on just like that thought because I was like, oh, I like talking about the game.
0: Absolutely. So anyways, thanks, everyone, for coming in today. Next week, we're going to be going back to Kingdom Hearts. We're talking about, well, the one that has the, uh, the strangest scent to it. For Backlog Dialogues, I'm Jared. I'm John. And I'm Matt. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with your friends.
1: Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreoncom dialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release.